This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. To hour two, Sportsnet today. Well, we're going along with you. Cam Taylor in the other room. Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. Rainy Calgary, Alberta, on this Tuesday, May 9th. A jam-packed hour one. Talking all things NHL and NHL Draft Lottery with our pal Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Also checked in with Calgary Roughnecks captain Jesse King following their big victory over Panther City Lacrosse Club on Saturday. Taking a look to preview their upcoming series against the Colorado Mammoth, which starts on Thursday in Colorado and then back into Calgary for Game 2 on Saturday. Quick reminder, tickets available at calgaryroughnecks.com. 10,104 in attendance on Saturday for the victory over Panther City. Let's see if we can beat that number for Game 2 of the West Final against Colorado. Still lots to get to here on Hour 2 of the program. Starting off with a conversation that... Uh, has been a topic in Calgary for a long time, but I thought took an interesting turn, we'll say, uh, over the last 24 hours, and that's the news that came down that Tyler Toffoli is going to captain Canada's national men's team at the 2023 IHF World Championships. Uh, now in Budapest, Hungary, of course, they'll be in Riga uh, as well. They're uh, underway with some pre-tournament games today, as a matter of fact. He's one of three flames from this season, including Mackenzie Wieger and Milan Lucic, who are representing Canada. Just so happens that Wieger and Lucic will also serve as alternate captains. But I thought it circled back well to a conversation that Flames fans have been having for really a while. And I think it goes back all the way since Mark Giordano got selected from the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. And that's who's going to be the next captain of the Calgary Flames. And now a name that's come up a lot and deservedly so has been Michael Backlund. Longest tenured flame, I think fits the profile for what the organization wants from a captain as far as on and off ice production and what he means to the community and having roots in the city of Calgary. I think Backlund absolutely fits the profile, but the news about Toffoli being the captain of Team Canada really brought the thought process to me, and I'll bring it up to the text line for those of you listening live at 960-960. If Tyler Toffoli has the ability to be the captain of Team Canada at a great tournament like the World Championships, could he not be a candidate to be the captain in Calgary? 
And I, I think there's positives to this. I think there's, you know, obviously negatives to it. And we'll go through some of those here. But I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Defoley obviously coming off of his best season, not just as a member of the Calgary Flames, but in his NHL career. He's 31 years old, has Stanley Cup experience, has a Stanley Cup ring from his time in Los Angeles, has been around Canadian markets since his time in Vancouver, spending a, a season and a bit in Montreal. 73 points for number 73 this year, 34 goals, 39 assists. Those are all career highs. So I think as far as you know, wanting to have somebody that has an on-ice impact to be your captain and to represent your club, I think Tyler Toffoli hits the nail on the head in a number of different categories. I think at 31, I think you can also look in, and talk about a guy that's very experienced in the NHL, has you know pretty much been there and seen it all, especially now with even more international experience under his belt after this tournament. I think 31's a, a great age to be a captain. You're, you know, certainly not past your prime by any means in the NHL, but you're also, you know, not a young player coming into the league and trying to learn and lead at the same time. I think Tyler Toffoli is a good mix of that. Now, the other side to the conversation is Tyler Toffoli has just one year remaining on his contract before becoming UFA. He's at 4.25 million dollars he was one of the players at exit meetings for the calgary flames that said yep i'd be open to uh contract extension talks in calgary we'll see what happens with that now that was before the gm left and the head coach got fired so does that change any of tyler's status going forward i don't know i, I don't imagine that it would i think that he'd still be open to an extension with the calgary flames but something worth asking for sure and I think we've seen before that this team is hesitant to slap the C on somebody knowing that their contract is coming up. I think it's what held Matthew Kachuk away from being the captain last season for this team was that his contract status going forward wasn't settled. I don't think that this ownership group, what's here for the front office, I think it's always been a priority in Calgary to not be a revolving door when it comes to the team's captains. If someone is going to take the C, they want to make sure that they're committed to Calgary and they're going to be here for the long run. So any conversation, I think, same as Michael Backlund, if you're going to have the conversation about Tyler Toffoli, I think you need to talk about an extension and what that looks like for Tyler Toffoli before you do it. But I think it's a really big positive that Team Canada Brass looked at Tyler Toffoli and said, yeah, this is a guy that at this point in his career can lead us. These tournaments are quick. They're hard. You've got to build chemistry fast. You've got to come together as a team fast. And it certainly helps that he has two familiar faces in Mackenzie Wieger and, and Milan Lucic there with him. But to be given that extra responsibility that he's never had at the NHL level, I think is a real feather in the cap for Tyler Toffoli and one that shouldn't be overlooked when it comes to the conversation about the Calgary Flames captaincy. and. Uh, you know, going through some of the goods and the bads there. I obviously mentioned the the career season for him. The bad is obviously looking at, you know, the fact that he does have one year left on his contract before being a UFA, and that's hard to commit. 
uh, to a guy to be your captain if they're not going to be here long term. So positives and negatives. But I, I think Tyler Toffoli would be an interesting candidate for captain here. I, I really do. I think the relationship with Daryl Sutter was one thing that helped him here. But I think this year... Tyler proved in a lot of situations that he could handle being a captain for this team or for another team. I think he was one of those guys that we talked about so much that maybe didn't wear a letter for this team, but still played a big role in the leadership group of it. And maybe it wasn't always speaking up and maybe it wasn't always being the loudest guy in the locker room, but didn't Tyler Toffoli just show you a lot of leadership by being the most consistent member of the Calgary Flames in this entire season? Because I think he did. To me, that's a big thing. In a year that had so many ups and downs and streaky play from different players and different line combinations and different distractions, Tyler Toffoli was never one of those. And especially late in the season, when we were talking about this team needing to put together wins or you know, going on a couple of those three or four game winning streaks to get them in the conversation of a playoff spot. Tyler Toffoli was dragging this team into those games. He had some of his best games of the season when it mattered most for the Calgary Flames. Now, is it his fault that he wasn't called upon in a shootout and, and Nick Ritchie got the go instead of him in one? No, that's, that's not on him. That's, it's still a decision that, you know, a lot of people question to this day. But I think in most scenarios, given how clutch he was for this team down the stretch, he, he became one of those guys that you would rely on and assume was going to be in one of those leadership spots and one of those clutch positions for the team going forward. So, yeah, I think I think right now, Backlund is still my my favorite for the position. I think that there's a conversation to be had, I think, about Mackenzie Weger and the captaincy, or at least an assistant captaincy going into next season. Um, but I have no problem if this recent, you know, captaincy mod in or for Team Canada leads to a bigger conversation about his role here in Calgary. So uh, we'll see what happens. I don't, I, again, don't know for sure that that's coming for him. I, I just think it was an interesting one to to talk about. And if you uh, have a thought on on that, 960-960, the fan feedback line, always open to you. If, if Tyler Toffoli can captain Team Canada, do you think he has a role to captain the Calgary Flames heading into next season as they still are without their own captain uh, heading into this season as of right now? Uh, Taylor, one of my outstanding producers here on the show, uh, what do you think of the idea of Tyler Toffoli, perhaps, being the Calgary Flames captain? Um, I'm not Taylor, but I'll, I'll put in my you aren't two cents anyway to cover for it for a sec. Um, I like the idea of it. I think there are probably better candidates right now. I think Tyler Toffoli could probably excel with an A on his chest. The C, though, I feel like just carries that much more of a mantle. And, you know, for I still I'm still a fan of the Michael Backlund for captain club, I still think that's probably the way to go for this team. But I think um, for Toffoli, certainly a case for an A on his chest next season. Well, I can see him. He was such a big part of helping the young core while he was in Montreal. And I can see him with the, like, like Cam said, being an alternate captain. But genuinely, I think it has to go to Michael Backlund. He's just, even when 
Giordano was the captain here. He always kind of was a, f- a second captain almost. And he's just kind of taken on more of that behind closed doors captaincy. So I think Backlund 100% deserves it. Yeah, I think Backlund's still my favorite for it. I think it does need to come with a a contract extension because I, I do agree with the way the Calgary Flames go about their business in the terms of not wanting to roll over a captaincy year after year. Um, I think it, it means something to be the captain of the Calgary Flames. I think Mark Giordano and Jerome McGinley, the most recent captains of this team, have shown that in spades that they're here and, and as being captain of the team, it means, you know, putting a long-term commitment into the group. I, I think the only thing with Backlund that, that holds me back in any sort of conversation is the fact that he's 34. That's, that's really the only thing. Everything else I can't argue with. He's a through and through member of the community. He's been a, a great member of the team for, uh, you know, what, 10 years now since he was drafted. He's been through all the coaches. He's been one of the few remaining faces through the goods and the bads of the last decade here of Calgary Flames hockey. There's there's literally nothing you can say that, that really, in my mind, discredits Michael Backlund from being this team's captain. I think it's just the year left on his contract, the fact that he is 34 years old. You know, I don't think there's any reason Michael can't play good, productive hockey for the next four or five seasons he keeps himself in tremendous shape he's been an assistant here and I I do think that there's something to be said Taylor to your point of you know I do wonder how it sits with with Michael or maybe some other members of the team if he gets passed up for being the captain because he's been so close for so long and, and how that would look but I think that it's you know I just don't want to discredit Tyler from the conversation because I really do think going into uh, an international event like the World Championships and Team Canada Brass feeling confident enough in Tyler to be this team's captain, I think is is one that is worth having the conversation here in Calgary. So it's interesting to um, to look at. And some of the text coming in uh, at 960-960, for those of you listening live, uh, diving back into the Calgary Flames captaincy conversation after Tyler Toffoli was named the captain of Team Canada for the 2023 IIHF Men's World Championships. Uh, this text says, uh, if Tofoli will sign like a 5 by 5.25 contract, you got to give him a C. Uh, more to that point we were just talking about. It says, sure, he could be considered, but she'll should be back. Slap in the face if he isn't offered the C. Fair. Um... <laughs> This one says, isn't it ironic that the team without a captain makes up the entirety of Canada's leadership group? Yeah, fair. I know Lucic at times has worn an A for Calgary, but I don't think Uyghur, Toffoli, or Lucic for long periods or at all this season wore wore letters for the Calgary Flames, but they do all wear letters uh, for Team Canada at this tournament. Uh, this one says, if you give players roles or contracts in the NHL based off of what they did in the world, you end up with hor- horrific franchise crippling things like the Man Japani contract. It is a hard no from me. I, look, and look, I'm not saying that this is solely based off of uh, a performance or going to the world. I think that 
this is, and I think the captaincy is different than the performance one, too. Uh, like, I think him being a, a leader is, is something different than, that uh, translates more maybe to the NHL than, than, say, performance does. And, I mean, the Man Japani one, yes, it doesn't look great for the Flames right now, but I don't think they gave him that contract because he had a good world championship. He Did he have a great world championship? Yeah, I think he got the contract because he put up 35 goals in 82 games. I think he still gets that contract, even if he doesn't have that performance for Team Canada. Uh, our pal Brett and Red Deer texting in, said Matthew Kachuk was never a guy I had minded to put the C on. Too volatile, has a lot to learn about not just hockey, but life as well, before he would have been worthy of that title for this team. Uh <laughs> This one says, this is a text, Taylor. It's not me. Uh, this one says, what is Taylor? No, uh, LOL. Backlund's too old. No point in putting the C on him if he's retiring in three years. That's kind of rude. You know a lot, Taylor. I'll I give do. you, you know a lot. I'm on the Backlund train too, so what do I know? Right? Everyone's on the Backlund train. It's hard so why is it wrong when I say it? <laughs> I want explanations. No, we're not going to dive into that. Uh, this text says Tyler Toffoli more like Phil is more like Phil Castle. Great on the ice, but I don't think I see him as a leader. Gio and Iggy, you can count on them to battle for you. Leaders off the ice too. Closest thing to a captain, I think, is Anderson or Weger. Uh, Zach and Winston Heights text in says not giving the guys on Team Canada letters minus Lucic just shows that Sutter was out of touch. Obviously, those guys are leaders. He wouldn't allow them to have a bigger role on the team. Uh, this one says Backlund was captain of Sweden and world and won a world championship. Am I wrong? Nope. Backlund absolutely has uh, has done that for Sweden in his time. Um, I know what Taylor's laughing at, and I am not reading that one. Uh, <laughs> our pal Magarsta texting in says I agree with Logo. Backlund makes sense as the next captain of the team, but it's only going to be short term as his age is a big factor. We're talking three or four years. I think it would be nice to give it to a younger or youngish player that can grow into that role. And uh, this one says Backlund should have been named captain after the summer the Geo left. Also, I believe Kachuk wanted it and maybe another reason why he left. I, I really do think Matthew Kachuk was was on pace to be this team's captain. I really do. I think that the the fact that he went, not that he went, that the organization and he went the bridge contract role, I, I, think, I really do think that's held this team back from naming a captain because, I, again, Every text that's come in and, and has something to say about Michael Backlund, I agree with. It's just that he's going to be a UFA after next season. And as of right now, I, I think things have probably softened. We've heard from, you know, NHL insiders like Frank Saravalli who have confirmed that, you know, things have softened between the players and their relationship with the Flames now that Daryl Sutter's out. And I would probably put Michael Backlund in that category. But let's not forget at the end of the season – on locker room cleanout day, what was the biggest concern for so many Flames fans coming out of that? It was that Michael Backlund and Elias Lindholm seemed to be the two guys who were the most non-committal to this team going forward. Again, can that change because personnel has changed in the organization? Absolutely it can. And I, I think it probably has. But you definitely need some clarity now from Michael Backlund about his future with the team before you give him the captaincy just based off of what he said at locker room cleanup day. I think that's a, a basic right now. 
And like a couple people and myself have pointed out, he, he is 34. I think there is something to be said about perhaps looking somewhere younger for this team to grow. There have been people who have thrown out the name Rasmus Anderson. I don't hate that option either. I think Mackenzie Weger could be a captain in the NHL one day. And I think he's one of those guys that's quickly ingrained himself to the city of Calgary. And I think fans have loved how open and honest he's been about things like the arena, the coaching staff, how things worked out this season. I think there's a guy that's showing a lot of commitment to the city of Calgary. He's just 29. Is that more of a long-term option that makes sense for the Calgary Flames? I, I really think that there's a couple of different ways you can go here. I'm just using the Toffoli one in Canada's roster as a as a jumping off point because I do think it's a big compliment to Tyler and a, a big you know feather in his cap for what he had this season. Uh, this one says, uh, Morgan text at 960-960 for those of you listening live. Uh, this one says, we're going to put the C on an impending UFA. He might be gone next season. Exactly. That's one of those things that we're worried about right now. Uh, this one says, no way Backlund is captain. Way too old. I'm going with Rasmus. Uh, this one says, Matthew Kachuk definitely left because of Sutter. The grass was greener in Florida. And uh, Brett in Calgary texting again. Has a goalie ever worn the C before? Not that that would be an option for us at this point, but I got to wear the C once in juniors as a goaltender. There are NHL rules that goalies aren't allowed to be captains. Now, Luongo did this for like a year in Vancouver. Did he not? He did. Where he was the quote-unquote, he put the C on his mask. Well, he had it on, I think he was named captain for a bit, but then the NHL put in a rule that goalies couldn't be uh, the captain because they they can't come out of their crease to argue calls. Yeah, I think it would be a pain to to see your goalie have to skate to the <laughs> to, to the penalty box every time to to have those conversations. Sure. And um that's an interesting one. But I do I do think Luongo I think you're right to I think he was named captain and they're like you can't we're not doing that. But he they put the C on his he painted on his mask or something. I don't know. That's the closest I think they got there. Uh, this one says, what about Dubé? Um, might be a bit young for me for Dubé at, at 24. A, a great guy. A guy that's really, you know, uh, finding his way. And I think is you know, talking about his third, his second full NHL season, played 82 this year, continues to grow. I think if... If you were talking about a captaincy in, in like maybe two years and you need a captain then, I could really see Dylan Dubé fitting into that role. For me, it's just a bit early. Uh, Dominic says, uh, you guys act like it costs money to put the C on somebody. Who cares if they have it on them for six months or six years? It makes no sense to me. I- I'm not saying that it's it does cost any money, Dominic. I'm just saying I think the organization values having a captain for a long term. I don't think the organization wants to, you know, training camp after training camp, come back out with a new guy and say, this is our captain. This is our leading voice. I think they appreciate a Jerome Aginla or a Mark Giordano who can, you know, for four or five, whatever, how many ever years can be that consistent voice and that consistent presence as a captain. 
Does it cost them any money? No, they can sew a C on anybody's jersey tomorrow and it would make literally no no difference to them financially. And I'm not saying it holds them back financially. I just think this is an organization that doesn't want to have the conversation year in, year out. That's why I think we're talking about it in this sense of it could could it change it in six months and change it up next year? Sure. I just don't think that's how they want to handle business here. Uh, a couple more texts at 960960. It says, the fact that it isn't obvious who should be captain means there's nobody deserving yet. Uh, this one says, I love Backlund and Lindholm, but if the Flames want to move forward, break this culture of losing, we need some fresh blood, not aging pending UFAs who are not 100% to, committed to winning here. Being a leader in the community who donates their time is amazing, but charities don't win championships. Uh, Javon and Airdrie text in saying, I don't think Backlund's a good choice anymore. I used to, but ever since he decided to be non-committal to the team, uh, to me, it's not a good choice. At that point, the captain should never be on the fence, especially in public. Behind the scenes, whatever, but in public, you should be showing yourself to be a part of the solution to every problem, including whoever is there on the team at the time. It also includes, of course, changing when change is needed. All that being said, because he was non-committal about the future, I just don't like him as a captain's choice anymore. Uh, Peter from Lethbridge says, how about Lindholm? Uh, if he decides to sign long-term, could you put the C on him? I think that's an, an interesting option as well. Does kind of go back to what Javon just said there, Peter, and the one that I've kind of brought about here too, and the fact that Lindholm again was one of those guys that said, you know, I got one year left and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. When you talk about the future of the team, I'd want to hear from him again before that. And again, I don't know how much of this was, was about Sutter or about Treliving and, and the way that the season ended. I know all those things can change. But again, I think when you're talking about the, the captaincy, the same thing applies to Backlund and it applies to Lindholm for me. You two were the most non-committal about your your time going forward in Calgary. Does that make it clearly makes a few people here wonder about going forward on the text line if that's the right choice for captain now? So it's interesting. Uh, this one says, if Hubie has a better year, he could be the captain, especially if back sleeves. That was a conversation we had before the down year, for sure. Um, uh, this one says, hey, Logan Paul and Evergreen, love your show. Flames failed in recognizing they had a generational player in Chucky. Should have been the captain, paid him long-term. He's a warrior, kind of like Sam Bennett. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that in the playoffs right now. Um, this one says, uh, per the previous Mange commentary, uh, Manch contract uh, was based on the 35 goal year, steady, consistent growth, uh, rough season last year, like many others, but a bounce back very likely, especially with a new coach Manch's contract in line with NHL signings for 35 goal scores. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, agree with that one. And again, here comes, you know, there's more of this here too. This text comes in and says, why not Blake Coleman? Uh, haven't heard enough love this way. I was... I've still, I've always loved Blake Coleman and since his time in Calgary. I think he's just a consummate pro. I think he's a, a guy that you could absolutely lean on. Um, in, in a captain's conversation, he's still got, I believe, four more years on his contract uh, with the Calgary Flames. He's 31, so same age as Tyler Toffoli. I think that's a, a good age. That's a guy that's committed long term to this franchise. Uh, you know, in the same vein as a couple other people. I think I think he's an interesting option too. Um, but it all kind of goes back to that one text that we read 
not too long ago as we get out of here on this segment, says the fact that it isn't obvious means that there's nobody deserving yet. I don't know that it, it means that no one's deserving. I think you can have lots of options, but I think that at the end of the day, the, the conversation for me is still as wide open as it's ever been. And, you know, the whole thing that started this conversation, Tyler Toffoli getting the captaincy for Team Canada at the Men's World Championships, to me only added another layer of it um, to what's already been a long-storied conversation about who earns the captaincy for the Calgary Flames next. And one that's going to be interesting to see. I think a head coach will have a lot to say about that. I think whoever the GM is, whether it's Craig Conroy or someone else, I think is going to have their say in it. I, I do think we'll see a captain for this team sooner than later. But as of today, do I know who that person is? Like a lot of you on the text line? No, I'm not sure I know who that is just yet either. Uh, we'll take a break, come back on the other side. We will finish off hour two, looking ahead at tonight's schedule in the NHL. Two games on tap. Can the New Jersey Devils tie up their series with the Carolina Hurricanes? And the Dallas Stars are in Seattle for game four of their series. What's the health of star defenseman Miro Haskin and heading into a key game four for the Stars and Kraken? We'll dive into all of that next. Sportsnet Today continuing on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, we just spent the uh, first part of the hour chatting about more potential captains for the Calgary Flames. And, of course, one of those names that is always brought up is Michael Backlund. And we just so happen to have some Michael Backlund-related news that's come down while we were having that conversation. Uh, Congratulations to Michael, as uh, the Flames announced about uh, 20 minutes ago. Uh, Michael is the 2022-2023 King Clancy Memorial Trophy nominee for the Calgary Flames. Uh, A leader on and off the ice since arriving in Calgary, uh, committing countless hours working with ALS Alberta, Special O Calgary, and uh, Parachutes for Pets, Michael Backlund. uh, The 2023 King Clancy Memorial Trophy nominee for the Calgary Flames. Uh, Congratulations to Michael and his partner, Frida. Uh, who have been longtime supporters of the ALS Society of Alberta, uh, personally responsible for raising over $400,000 for the nonprofit. And of course, you know, that's a massive, uh, massive number and one that's very close uh, to the heart of Assistant General Manager Chris Snow uh, and his family. And uh, Michael and his wife do a great job and are obviously huge members of the Calgary community. So congratulations to Michael and to his wife, uh, Frida, who I know spends just as much time as Michael uh, with those causes as well. So congratulations. A very deserving uh, award nomination for Michael Backlund. Full list uh, with all 32 nominees from across the league can be found at NHL.com. Uh, rolling on with Sportsnet today, it's Logan Gordon along with you. Uh, Taylor and Cam in the other room. We've got two NHL playoff games on your docket tonight right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan, starting at 5 o'clock, you've got the Devils. And the Hurricanes, New Jersey, with a big win in game number three, eight four, your final score. They will turn to Vitek Vanacek in goal, try to tie this series up with the Carolina Hurricanes. And then later tonight, it's the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. 7 30 puck drop. Seattle with a beatdown of Jake Ottinger and the Stars, 7 2 in their game three matchup. 
Uh, Dallas still waiting to find out the status of star defenseman Miro Haskinen. Uh, he went down in that game after taking a shot to the face uh, and then having Jordan Everly score in just moments after. Uh, sounds as though he's going to be a game-time decision. Not sure yet uh, if he's going to be in the lineup for them tonight or not, but uh, that would obviously be a huge loss for the Dallas Stars, so still waiting to see exactly what happens with Miro Haskinen ahead of tonight's matchup against Seattle. Again, 7.30 puck drop. Sportsnet Television Network for your viewing pleasure, or you can listen to both games uh, here on Sportsnet 960. The fans starting at 5 o'clock with Carolina and New Jersey. Some other NHL news to get to today as well. We obviously uh, talked about uh, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes last night, the NHL's draft lottery, and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks winning the lottery, moving up to the first overall spot, and where they will no doubt draft uh, the next superstar named Connor at this year's NHL draft. We talked about that with Sam Cosentino in hour one. Uh, what else today? Elliot Friedman also announcing that um, the AHL ex- expected to uh, come to a deal with Commissioner, or President, excuse me, Scott Housen on a multi-year extension. Uh, so that's going to be coming down in the next couple of bit, a uh, little while here. Uh, Toronto news as well. Uh, sounds as though the injury to Ilya Samsonov serious enough that he will not be available for the Leafs in uh, Game Four of their series tomorrow night in Florida. Joseph Wall gets the start. Uh, Matt Murray will be his backup. Uh, Sheldon Keefe announcing that earlier today. Yes, yeah, Sammy's uh, not available tomorrow, day to day. That's really it. Uh, Joe will go. And as I've been maintaining here, we've got lots of confidence in him, so we're excited for him to have that opportunity. Must win game for the Toronto Maple Leafs if they want to avoid being swept to the hands of the Florida Panthers. And they will go with the youngster Joseph Wool in net in place of Ilya Samsonov. Uh, I thought Wool played actually pretty well in relief of Samsonov. Um, so interesting decision to go there. Who knows uh, if Matt Murray is 100%. He will back up in the game. But uh, Joseph Wool getting the start for Toronto, like I said, in a must-win situation, the 24-year-old gets the call for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And did want to share this one. Some really sad news today for the Colorado Avalanche and uh, a potentially career-changing injury for Gabriel Landeskog. The Avs announced this afternoon that uh, he will undergo, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, their captain, will undergo a cartilage transplant in his right knee coming up on May 10th. That's tomorrow. Uh, The surgery will be performed by Dr. Brian Cole at the Rush University Medical Center in Chicago. The 30-year-old forward is expected to miss the entire 2023-2024 season. That is a crushing blow for the Colorado Avalanche before the offseason really even begins. They did not have Gabriel Landeskog throughout this season and throughout the postseason, and now it turns out that that injury um, much more severe than anybody had first thought, and... Uh, like I just mentioned in the announcement there, uh, cartilage transplant in his right knee and will miss the entire 2023-2024 season. And Taylor, that's just brutal news. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, one of my favorite players in the league. He's uh, just a a versatile do-it-all player for the Colorado Avalanche. And at 30 years old to have that kind of major surgery 
Um, and to be fair, we've had a couple NHLers come out and talk to us about having that surgery who have said they never got back to an NHL level of skating. We, we could legitimately talking about Gabriel, talking about Gabriel Landeskog not playing in the NHL ever again. I mean, when he was out, he's been out this entire season and kind of when he, you learned that he wasn't coming back, you knew it was something very serious. So like, hopefully I really hope that he gets back and that he's okay. And, you know, gets back to playing in the NHL because that Colorado avalanche team is so much better when he's on the, like in the lineup and on their roster, he's just adds so much to this team. So, you know, just also like people wise, I hope that he is okay. Uh, He did speak to the media uh, and says he hasn't considered retirement. He's going to exhaust every option and keep uh, pushing forward. Um, And that's a a really noble thing to do. And look for him to, to say he's going to retire now wouldn't make any sense. He hasn't gone through the surgery yet and hasn't felt what recovery is going to be like, but former NHL defenseman, Mark Mathot, uh, probably known best for his time in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators, came out today and said, I had the same surgery on my left knee. It is a brutal rehab process. I never recovered to the point that made skating at an NHL level possible. I wish Gabriel Landeskog the best. I hope he gets back to playing, but, you know, there's a, a guy who had the same surgery by the same doctor, by the way, um, on his left knee, not his right knee. Um, telling you that he could not get back to an NHL level of skating uh, following that kind of surgery. And uh, I'm not a doctor. I only play one on TV. But um, I can tell you that knowing absolutely very little about the human body and what this kind of surgery would be like, I I can't even tell you. Even just hearing cartilage transplant in your right knee does not sound like fun for anybody, let alone a guy that's 30 years old and trying to perform at an NHL level. It's just, it's, it's honestly brutal news. And for us to be here on May 10th, 2023 saying that he's not going to play at all next year, we already know that that's just such a brutal, brutal thing. Like Cam, why don't we, why don't you give up your cartilage in your leg? For for Gabe Landeskog, I'd do it for him. I think he deserves it. He probably uses it more than I do. Man, it just sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah, cartilage. cartilage you hear the word cartilage, and you're and I'm thinking about you know some really gross things that I don't know if I really want to get into. Cartilage is not pretty, man. If you're getting a you're getting work on your cartilage, that is deep rooted stuff. Still, Taylor, and as you mentioned there, that'll be two full seasons away from hockey for Gabriel Landeskog after missing this entire year. And now he'll miss the entirety of next year. He only played 51 games in the regular season uh, two years ago when the Avs won the Stanley Cup. And now he'll be two years out following this surgery if he's able to recover. Really brutal news. But for the Avs, uh, if you want to look at it in a somewhat positive light, um, they will be able to put him on LTIR. They'll have uh, $7 million of cap space to use that they wouldn't uh, have had otherwise, which should make them a little bit more 
of a player this offseason than maybe we anticipated them being because of that Nathan McKinnon contract uh, that kicks in this year and sees his salary double up from what it was previously. But yeah, obviously, just wishing the best for Gabriel Landeskog and his future would be pretty brutal for uh, for him to you know have to say goodbye to the NHL at the age of, of 31 or whenever it'll be post-surgery for him. But it just doesn't sound like a a very easy. And look how I mean, you know, thirty years old and having to go through surgery like this. We don't have to tell people in Calgary here. You know, Taylor, we talked about it for so long with a guy like Sean Monahan who hasn't even reached thirty years old, but has had like hip surgeries and wrist surgeries. The physical toll that hockey can take on you at a really young age. When you're having major surgery like this, I'm not even worried about the hockey side of it for Landis. I just hope he's okay for the next, you know, what, 40, 50 years of his life as a human being, let alone being a hockey player. I mean, yeah, I I think, I guess it's the same doctor that's doing it, but hopefully technology has advanced a little bit more and it's easier and an easier recovery and that it doesn't really affect him too much in his everyday life. Uh, so that's uh, some of the NHL news today. Uh, Landis Cog said to miss the entire 2023-2024 season uh, when he undergoes surgery tomorrow for a uh, knee cartilage transplant. Uh, really uh, sad news there. Uh, sounds as though also continuing a story from our pal from uh, Ben Pope, Chicago Sun-Times reporter uh, covering the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that story that was going around last night that they had already sold $2.5 million worth of season ticket plans uh, for next season for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, updated numbers today, uh, sitting at $5.2 million in new season ticket sales over the first 12 hours, including 1,200 new full season plans uh, for season tickets. So the Connor Bedard effect in full flight for the Chicago Blackhawks uh, immediately after winning the first overall pick in the draft lottery last night. And um, mixed feelings about that. I know we were talking about it uh, in our group chat. Uh, guys, it felt like the one team that really didn't need Connor Bedard or maybe even deserve Connor Bedard. But uh, here we are. Chicago will get their replacement for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, at least for one of them. Uh, in the upcoming draft, and Anaheim and Columbus slide down and miss it. And I heard you talking to Cam earlier, Taylor. You guys were were talking about it, and it was like, yeah, Chicago's like the one team that probably even in our conversation yesterday we were talking about didn't really feel like they needed this as much as everybody else, but here they are uh, set to pick Bedard first overall this summer. Yeah, I mean... Like Anaheim's right there. They had what twenty, like twenty four and a half percent or something odds to get it. And you know, you you think of Bedard if he potentially goes to Anaheim, it's like great. You know, he's playing with all this young talent and everything. But I feel like I don't know. Anaheim just feels like they have a bit more of a future right now than Chicago does. And with Chicago, you know, passing the torch from Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays, it I don't know. I like the fit personally for Bedard to Chicago. I think he'll slot in. I don't know, second line center, like his first day. Maybe. You can't have your number one overall Connor Bedard in your second line. Words Does of get, Logan Gordon. He doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know. Maybe he'll get top line. I don't know. 
I like the fit though. I think he'll he'll do good in Chicago. I think it's a good market for him. I think it, it's all going to work out. Feel bad for those Blackhawks fans that had to go like twenty games post trade deadline or post trading Patrick Kane, where they didn't have a, a generational superstar in their lineup. Really, really a tough break for them. And their ticket prices are going to go probably double now from what they're going. Five point uh, two million dollars in season ticket sales in. 12, like 12 hours. That's unbelievable. It's it, it blows the mind. Like how many people were calling in last night? By the way, I, I part of me loves it because it's like, Connor Bedard, I'm in. Take my money. I will go to every Blackhawks game simply to go see Connor Bedard because there's really no one else. There's a couple guys that are okay, but to be honest, the rest of the lineup really still stinks. Uh, Who do they, they have now? I, I have Lucas Reichel is a good young prospect who's coming up. He's about twenty. Um, I I don't know. Do you would you go to a hockey game to see Seth Jones? Can no? I interest you in a Caleb Jones? Yeah, they're, they're they're brothers. They play hockey together. That's always fun. Uh, Taylor Radish. His his name sounds like a vegetable. It is a vegetable. Um, Andreas Athanasiu who skates really fast. I I think Tyler Johnson won a, a cup with, with Tampa Bay. Yeah, he might have won one cup with with Tampa Bay. That's fun. Right? How about Peter yep. Morazic? <laughs> is yeah. Peter Morazic still going to be with the team? He signed next year. Okay. So, like looking genuinely looking at the has roster, a modified no trade clause is there's absolutely nobody. Yeah, he's going to be the number one center. I think that that's he's going to be the number one player. <laughs> yeah, that's there's nobody. They they tore it down to the strips to, to the basics pretty fast there, um, but hey, worked out uh, as well as you can. You cleared house uh, one year. You went full team tank and. Uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks, it means uh, Connor Bedard is coming their way. They also have Tampa Bay's first and second round pick this year, uh, thanks to the uh, Brendan Hagel trade, I want to say. Uh, they have four picks in round two. So, yeah, all of a sudden, uh, things are pretty great if you're the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, you had to go through, like, what, like I said, 20 days or 20 games or something without Patrick Kane and. Now all of a sudden you get the the next guy in Chicago already. It's uh, pretty good doings if you're the Blackhawks and starts off what should be another interesting run for them uh, going next season. We will uh, get out of here, though. We are out of time on this Tuesday afternoon. we got to make room for Haley Salvian. Hockey Central 960 is coming up next. I'm sure there'll be uh, more chat about the uh, Connor Bedard sweepstakes and the draft lottery last night. Uh, like I said, we got playoff hockey on your radios coming up later on. Uh, Five o'clock, Carolina, New Jersey. Eight o'clock, Seattle and Dallas joined in progress. And an early edition of Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson coming your way this afternoon. So lots to uh, look forward to. We will be back on a Wednesday edition. We'll break down the two games in the NHL last night and get set for another uh, game for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they look to avoid elimination and another matchup between the Oilers and the Golden Knights. That's coming up on a Wednesday edition of Sportsnet today. Thank you to our guests, Jesse King and Sam Cosentino. 
Uh, thanks for you for listening on either the podcast or live on Sportsnet 960. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow right here, same time, same place, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.